I think most things in life can be learned. Mm -hmm. It's just to what degree they can be learned. You know, can you learn to play football? Can mm -hmm. you learn to play basketball? Absolutely, you mm -hmm. can. Can you be David Beckham? Can you be mm -hmm. Michael Jordan? Probably, pro probably not. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's got to be some some natural born talent which is finesse. The Alpha Talks podcast crafts you and your business into an alpha, not for the faint-hearted. I am Sefer Hakim, serial entrepreneur and your success mentor, founder of the Alpha Movement, and people call me the Alpha. And that's for a reason, of course. With 20 plus years of experience and eight figures portfolio of businesses, myself and the show guests will be striking thunder of top-notch listening in business and mindset. No bull, just first-class value, not like others. So join us now to become your own version of an alpha. Welcome back, alphas, to a new inspiring episode of the Alpha Talks podcast. Today in the studio, I've got a very special offer for you today. Today, we have the privilege of hosting a true titan of the business world, a resilient entrepreneur whose journey embodies the essence of perseverance and the power of redemption. A man who's not only weathered the storm, but emerged stronger, wiser, and more determined than ever. Hailing from a background marked by both trials and triumphs, our alpha guest today is none other than Matt Haycox. With an entrepreneurial spirit that was ignited at a tender age, Matt's path to success was not without its share of setbacks, from overcoming bankruptcy in his early 20s to building a financial empire that has impacted business across the UK. His story is nothing short of modern-day saga of resilience and triumph. Through his experience in the family business, ventures into the leisure industry, and eventually founding of Funding Guru, Matt has not only displayed a keen business acronym, but also a remarkable commitment to helping others navigate the turbulent waters of entrepreneurship. His journey marked by grit uh, and deep-seated desire to learn from his mistakes serves as a beacon of hope for aspiring entrepreneurs seeking to carve their own paths in the world of business. So join me as we unravel the depths of Matt's remarkable journey, uncovering the insights, wisdom, and inspiration that propelled him to the forefront of business world and solidified his reputation as a beacon of guidance. Without further ado, let, let's dive into the compelling narratives of Matt Haycox. Matt, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to have you. I feel like I've got a lot to live up to. Wow. <laughs> you deserve it, man. So Matt, let's say somebody, when we publish the episode, he sees the thumbnail, he sees the title. So I think it's interesting. What can we guarantee that they will gain by giving us their time and watching the episode? So I always say that my, my life is a life of mistakes uh, and that anyone listening to me can learn from my mistakes without having to make them themselves. Um, I think you, you, know, you never really learn anything until you make a mistake True. Or, or until something goes wrong. I think, you know, when things go right, well, you know, they've gone right, but you don't really know why they've gone right. Whereas when things go wrong, you get to kind of sit back and dissect, look at the problem. 100%. And I, uh, I like to say I've, I've kind of spent 35 plus years fucking up. Yeah, like true. It's coming. But, uh, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> and uh, and I've, done it. I've done it, so you don't have to. You can, uh, you, you can learn through my Love eyes. Love that. So. Did you write a book or not? You know what? I haven't. I've, I've, st I've started multiple times yeah. and never, never quite got that. I've got probably three or four unfinished uh unfinished you have to do it yeah, you have to do it so let's start off can you tell us who's matt from your perspective in a nutshell for our audience you, with, you want the background yeah a quick one i'll, so, I'll get deep i'll give it as quick as i can yeah. i always uh, whenever i do these podcasts i always think i should be able to get so much quicker at telling yeah. it but uh, <laughs> I, I still haven't found <laughs> a quick way so my early my early years as in look i go back to eight nine ten years old yeah. i can remember wanting to be an entrepreneur all my life wanting to be a business owner really just because I wanted to make money. I didn't, I didn't really know anything about business. I didn't know what business I wanted to be in, but I came from an era where if you wanted to make big money, the perception was the only way to do it was to own, own your own business. My dad mm -hmm. also owned, uh, owned his own business. So I guess being around him, you, know, True. you uh, worked that, with him, that, correct? Much later on, ah, mm -hmm. um, bits and pieces, you know, my, my, my dad and I were very, very different. Uh, you know, he, he was very successful in his business in his time, but you know, we, we have very different ways of doing things, and I wouldn't. Yeah, you know, we we don't we don't gel the best. The, we're, you know, it's the majority of people like this because the same with my father. Like he's a successful man, I'm a successful man, but we're both different, and mm. I believe the same. Yeah. 
So yeah, so I, I knew I wanted to be in business. I spent my teenage years trying everything possible, you know, from buying and selling at the market, you know, trying to squat on the web domains in the in, in the mm. mid nineties. Uh, nothing worked, uh, and I and I left school at eighteen. Managed to convince my parents to allow me not to go to university because I mean that was their, yeah. their dream, you know. Back again, back in the late nineties, if you didn't go to university, you know, you were basically written off as far as the corporate mm-hmm. world was concerned, and you know. Uh, I think I'd been to private school. So again, for a, a parent who'd put their kid through private school, the perception was, you know, if you then didn't go to university, it was like, well, what have I wasted the yes, money going, go, go, going to the private school for? So it was a big, it was a big deal to not go to uni. Um, and I started to work in a family business. It was a, it was a business my dad had invested in, mm. one that made uh, uniforms for security guards mm-hmm. for bus drivers, and it was failing. And ultimately, I. I, I was able to get involved and 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 have a hand in ter- in basically running and turning that business around. And I always say that I had every possible problem thrown at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I always used to say every possible problem until I then went on to the next business and found out there was another problem, m- 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 many many more problems. True. But in that particular industry, uh, had hundreds and hundreds of of issues that you know a a fifty, sixty, seventy year old business owner would never get to experience. Never mind someone at eighteen, nineteen, twenty. True. So it was an unbelievable learning experience. Uh, you know, I had to learn sales, purchasing, marketing, mm-hmm. finance, you know, operations, absolutely everything. A lot of people working in family business and they have a lot of challenges. And I believe you had it. Can you tell us a little bit about it? So and how did you overcome it? So, so this was actually, it wasn't my family's business. Mm-hmm. This was somebody else's family okay. business. But it, but it does kind of answer that question mm-hmm. that you've asked because this was a business that had been a generational family ah, business. Okay. And, um, and at the point that my father got involved, they just got into bankruptcy mm. and they needed an investor to take them out of bankruptcy and in theory take their good business that had just had some cash flow problems mm. onto the next level when we when my dad got involved and i started to work at the same time we started to uncover the the depth of mess in there where and i guess i guess one of the main things that, that seems to happen in family businesses you know the wrong people get put in the wrong positions sure. Just, you know, mm-hmm, just, just, just because because they're a family, uh, and I think you know, the, looking back into it, it's been so long since I've I've, I've never been asked this question. It's been so long since I've uh, actually looked back, uh, and I've never really experienced it since. But I remember very much there, literally three generations of family, mm-hmm. where none of the people in the roles you would not have hired any of them to do that role. Listen, I'm not yeah. to be fair. I'm not saying they were all terrible. Mm-hmm. Some were terrible. Not fitting 100%. Some were okay, but yeah. none of them. If you had your choice of who do I go and hire, you would never have hired any of those mm-hmm. people. Then you know the, all the all the problems that go on at home come into work, yeah. and and so much politics and so much so much so much BS. And, and I think you know you're one of the you know the biggest problems in family businesses is running them more like a family and less like a business. business true. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, I think. Family businesses have the pros and cons. You know that the the positive is you get to work with people who, in theory, you should be who should be very trustworthy, who should be very loyal, loyal which which is excellent. Mm-hmm. But then that's often countered by the fact that they're not the best people mm-hmm. for the job, and you know. So you've got you've it's got a balance. To, yeah. you've, got, you've got to strike yeah. strike that balance. What about working with your father? I will move afterwards, but like, how is it? Because a lot of people now even asking me because I have the same kind of background. How did you? Where is the turning point that you said like? Guys, we cannot work together. So when I first started in that business, I didn't actually have to, kind of have to work with them. My dad had invested in the business. Mm-hmm. He'd also just sold his own business and, ah, he, and, okay. and he was retired. So he was very much a silent investor in this business. And he kind of gave me the reins mm, to, 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 get, to go and do whatever. So for a good period of time, we didn't actually kind of work together. Yes, he owned the business. Yes, I'd go home and tell him what was going on. But we never really had to work together. Then there became a point where he did start to become involved. And, you know, in hindsight, it, it was probably best he did become involved then mm-hmm. because that he had a different skill set for certain things than I had a skill mm-hmm. set for certain things. But when you say, when, probably when did it become a problem? <laughs> probably from day one. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure my dad will answer the question yeah. in the same way. I mean, we've, we've worked together over our lives in two or three different times mm-hmm. and never has it never has it really gone uh-huh. well i mean it, there's never been blazing rows and big problems because it's never gone on for long enough mm-hmm. because i think we both identified Understand. very early on that you know it we, doesn't work we, it doesn't work you know we operate in, we both want to be you know we both want to be number one we both yeah. want to be in control the alphas too. and we both operate in very very different mm-hmm. ways so uh, so yeah you went into bankruptcy and you okay. have a lovely uh, saying or analogy for bankruptcy which is the cancer and death mm. so i want you to say this 
So the bankruptcy came quite a bit after yeah. this, and we'll be sure we'll pick up on that bit of the story. But yes, yeah, so what I I always say that when people talk about bankruptcy, that it's something that they're always very scared of. That's normally probably because no one's ever experienced sure. it. You know, yes, you might know someone who has experienced it, but it's more of those things that in your life you haven't experienced ever, or you know, or, or hopefully even if you do it once, sure. it'll never happen again. And people put it off and put it off because they think, well, if I go bankrupt, then I'm going to, you know, my life's going to be ruined. I'm never going to be able to borrow money again. People are never going to deal mm-hmm. with me again. Um, but my cancer analogy is that I say, when somebody has cancer, you know, they haven't, if they're terminal with that cancer, they've not just been going on for a few days with mm-hmm. this. They've probably had months, if sure, not years, of suffering. of suffering of a horrible situation. You know, they've been having been ill, they've been having chemotherapy, radiotherapy, whatever, yeah. and, they're, and they're hanging on with their last breaths. True. And if they die, this is probably a blessing for mm-hmm. them. You know, it, it, it's the end to those problems. And I think people need to look at bankruptcy in the same way that when people go, well, I don't want to go bankrupt because my credit's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Listen, your credit's already shot Done. to shit mm-hmm. because, you know, at the point of being about to go bankrupt, you've already been suffering months, if not years, True. of red letters, of stress, mm-hmm. of unpaid suppliers, of, you know, of, 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 and, and, every, and everybody else knows about your problems as well anyway. So if anything, bankruptcy is a blessing. Mm-hmm. Now, I always say I, I don't want to trivialize, yeah, yeah, I don't want to trivialize it either because obviously, you know, I would rather have not gone bankrupt. Mm-hmm. I'm sure most other people would rather have not gone bankrupt. But when you're all, when you're in a position, and there is no way no way out of it, I think the worst thing people can do is kid themselves, delude themselves, and drag it For on and on and on mm-hmm. and on. Um, because you know, the, the, I guess the, the longer you drag it on for, the worse the situation is during that time. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you can't start new. You can't start your new life mm-hmm. until you've until you finish your old life. What was that type of business? The business that went bankrupt yeah. for me. So, so when I left the family clothing yeah. business, I started in leisure. Mm-hmm. My first business in the, that was a strip club, yeah. and it was very successful for me from the outset. And I then, it, this was early 2000s, mm-hmm. it was very easy to borrow money. Mm-hmm. And I spent the next five or six years borrowing a lot of money. And expanding, right? Expanding the strip mm-hmm. clubs, expanding normal bars, normal mm-hmm. clubs, restaurants, shops, hotels, property. Mm-hmm. I had a, you know, a, a very big eight-figure business at that point. But it was all built on debt, just sand and debt, mm-hmm. sand and debt. Mm-hmm. So when the credit crunch, you know, the 2008 sure. financial crisis started, you know, the first chinks in the armor yeah. appeared and the whole thing fell down. So when you say what business was it, to me it was everything. Yeah. It, it, it was everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you, I couldn't really say, tell you which one started it because every, everything yeah, was, was, so, was so mixed together. But when one went, everything went. To, and literally, I probably started to get, and this is where we talk about the delusion yeah. really, because... I probably identified the problem in June of 2008. Mm-hmm. And, and then from June to September, so only two months really, everything, everything went from what looked amazing yeah. to bankrupt almost overnight. But if I now look back and I'm honest with myself, the problems didn't start in June. The problems started three years yeah, earlier, uh-huh. two years earlier. And, you know, I'd just been able to, to dodge and... He didn't want to believe what's happening. Exactly. Yeah. But tell me, how did you pass this uh, phase from your life? So that's a tough one. So I always say that, you know, when I get asked about how, yeah. did, I, how did I overcome bankruptcy? Yeah. How, you know, what can I tell other people who, mm-hmm. were, who were in the similar situation? I always almost like feel bad that I haven't got this, this motivating general mm-hmm. speech mm-hmm. Of, of, of what you mm-hmm. need to do. But, for, but because for me, it was just the simple fact of, okay, I've gone bankrupt and I'm now sat at home with no money, with no businesses, with no income. And I had a wife and, yeah. a, and a one-year-old baby. Mm-hmm. And... I needed to put food on the table and uh, and and, Make it and and pay the rent. So you know, I could sit at home and I could watch shit TV for mm-hmm. the rest of my life and cry about how, how everything every, is everybody else's fault, or I could just go back to work the next day and try and put one foot in front of mm-hmm. the problem, so one foot in front of the other, and um, and and start and start the journey. And you know, listen, again, I, I'm not saying it was easy. You know, yes, there was. Tough like hell. A blow to yeah. blow to my ego. You know, last week I'm driving Ferraris and mm. Bentleys. You know, this this week I'm in an Uber. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Yeah. You know. Um. But but the thing for me that's very important to take away from it. Mm-hmm. People always say, oh, you know, when you went bankrupt, you'd lost everything. Yeah. And I say I haven't actually lost anything mm-hmm. other than my money. True. You know, and that's and that's that's the big thing. The same mat. Mm-hmm. Because when and if anything, the same mat with 28 years of knowledge at yeah. that point, and if anything. A new map with 28 years plus a new bit of knowledge, True. you know, because I've just now experienced something that most mm-hmm. other people don't get to experience. I think, you know, th- that's why I guess, you know, the old expression of, you know, the first millions the hardest. Yes. It's because, mm-hmm. because you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the skills, skills to do it. 
So, so yes, obviously I didn't want to go bankrupt, but when I did and I started to make my money again, I made it a lot quicker the second time round sure. than I made it because I had all the contacts, I had all the, the experience, experience, I had, skills. you know. Yeah. What made you change from a uniform business going to leisure? What strike? Well, the uniform business was never my business. I mean, that was, mm -hmm. you know, I, I never wanted to be in that business. It was just a business my dad had got involved with mm -hmm. and, I, and I, I didn't want to go to university. So I had the opportunity to, to work, work in it. Yeah. And then the leisure business, again, you know, I probably never had any great plan to be in uh -huh. leisure other than the fact that I, I guess as a young guy, mm -hmm. you think if I own bars, yeah. I meet it's girls, cool, yeah. I, make, mm -hmm. I, I meet girls and yeah. make money. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really any, mm -hmm. any, any more thought. It wasn't out a than passion that. thing and like, no, 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 not not a passion mm. thing. Just I guess as an 18, 20, 22 year old guy, you think, oh, that's going to be cool. I'm going to be the guy that says, yes, you're not coming in. <laughs> mm. What made you change this? Like you were a borrower mm -hmm. when you had the leisure business and now you became a lender. That's because you learned from your past experience and you want to replicate it. Absolutely. So so when I was building the leisure business, the leisure, the retail, yeah. the property, you know, I was doing it by borrowing money. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I always say that borrowing money really is a skill mm -hmm. uh, that you know, that I learned because you know you you need to understand how does the lender think, you know what do they want to lend you on, how how can you present your case best mm -hmm. to get the money, and I you know and I learned all that um, I guess learned the hard way, learned by doing it, and over the course of five or six years, I borrowed what was you know forty fifty million pounds. Sure. So it was it was a fantastic experience of a learning how to borrow and b learning who who most of the lenders in that game mm -hmm. were, and I always felt that if I ever could have some if I ever had any capital of my own to be able to lend, I liked that lending model because yeah. I could see why they were making good money mm -hmm. and I could also see some things that I could do different to maybe make more money. Mm. Um, and I actually started lending before I went bankrupt, um, maybe a year or two ah. before. A friend of mine sold his business; he had some capital available. And uh, and I, and he uh, he agreed to, to to invest in a lending business with mm -hmm. me. So I actually did start lending before you. before the bankruptcy. But then when I went bankrupt, that uh, that went with off. everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I started after after the bankruptcy, I just decided to concentrate on the lending full time because mm -hmm. you know I mean I need I needed something that could be quick and transactional and, and get me paid again. True. Uh, and initially I wasn't lending; I was broking. You know, mm -hmm. I was advising mm -hmm. other borrowers, matching borrowers with lenders. Uh, and that, that's that's what I did to get wow. paid, put some money on the table, and then over time, I'd get, I got a new investor, so that mm -hmm. let me lend some money, the pool is then another one, then another one, and really for the last fifteen years now, I spend fifty percent of my time building relationships with. But how do you investors. navigate this, the complexity of, I would say, meeting high net worth individuals and kind of convince them to invest or lending to lend money? It's a complex actually operation. So, I mean. I guess the very the quick answer mm. is when you meet a high net worth individual, obviously by definition they're high net worth. They've got money that they want to do something mm. with. Um, and now whether or not they want to give it to you is a different question. Mm. But they've got money and they want to do something with it. True. So it's a matter of first of all identifying high net worth, mm. then breaking down that they are high net worth who may have an appetite to do. Uh, you know, to, to invest in the kind of thing that you, that you want to take investment for, and then the third most important bit is is to present it in in a manner that I guess answers all their questions. You know, that shows it's structured properly, mm -hmm. that shows it's thought out properly. Uh, you know, when I say I see so many people trying to raise money, I'm you know I'm failing it mm -hmm. because you know they they just they don't really know what they're doing. You know, I mean a, a big mistake a lot of people make is is to confuse the fact that somebody has a lot of money. And somebody wants to spend that money, True. and I literally just—I was doing a run with a friend mm -hmm. of mine the other day, and we were talking about this, and he was telling me about a high net worth guy uh, with tens and tens of millions that he'd been trying to tr working on very hard for a long mm -hmm. time to get money out of, and he was saying that you know when <laughs> he talks all the right things, but then when it comes to it, you know he doesn't actually do anything. I said, ultimately, you know, you've got to you've got to separate the fact that somebody has money yeah. and some 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 somebody invests in things, True. and you know the, the naive person always goes, oh, he's got whatever 100 million he'll throw 500k uh -huh. at that that's the name well, well no he won't mm -hmm. because you know the reason he's got 100 million is because he doesn't throw 500k at things that he doesn't want to do so you've got to you've got to niche down so mm -hmm. obviously you have to start with the big pool True. of people who've got money then you have to find people who have the appetite to have a have a bit of risk because mm -hmm. some people don't want to take any risk whatsoever mm -hmm. and and all they're going to invest in is 
long-term simple bonds or whatever True. because they don't want to think about making money they, they, mm. they just want to live their life uh, so you need to find the people who who want to get involved who want to invest in businesses and then like i say you have to you have to present your business to them mm -hmm. in, a, in a way that, it, that is easy for them to invest in so when i go to an investor you know i have i have a very clear product mm -hmm. you know a, a, a product that looks like this mm -hmm. that, you know, that shows how you're going to get from a to b to c mm -hmm. uh, you know that has a legal structure that works for them a tax structure that works for sure. them you know, that, that explains very much you know what the downside is and how we protect about the mm -hmm. downside um and that doesn't you know sometimes you can't predict against the downside sure. but you just have uh, but that has to be something that is is identified and answered i love that but in this type of business mm. what kind of guarantees that you give the investors so if we're talking specifically about me For example, yeah. um so so the guarantee with our product is that when we lend to a borrower mm -hmm. We are taking security over an asset. Oh, okay. So if if the if the borrower doesn't pay us back, then we have an asset that we can go after and take that back mm -hmm. to re to recover our yeah. money. Now, okay, it doesn't mean it's going to happen quickly tomorrow. It might take six, nine, True. twelve months, but we have something we can go after. Mm -hmm. So my investors' security is that they get to attach onto my security. Mm -hmm. So if ultimately, if the borrower pays back then they get the money because it pays back for the borrower. True. If the borrower doesn't pay back, then we go and take the property. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's and that and that goes to the investors. So, so you just give us a couple of understanding about the rates for borrowing, and you're doing all this business back in UK. So we only lend in the UK, yeah. but we raise money, money all around the world. Mm -hmm. And the reason I only lend in the UK is because I understand it inside mm -hmm. out. People always say to me, "I always get offered a deal, lend on this in Dubai, lend on this in yeah. Germany," and it's not that it's not that I think they're bad deals, but I don't know any of the players, I don't know any of the legal system, mm -hmm. I don't know any, any of the structure. And there's so many things that can go wrong. And again, people go, oh, well, I've got a lawyer. He takes care mm -hmm. of that. That's like, that's like saying, I've got a doctor. I'm, Through, ne I'm never uh, going to get sick, yeah, you know? Um, so, and like we said at the beginning, that you don't learn anything until things go wrong. Mm -hmm. Even when you lend and you take security and you have lawyers, things go wrong. You still cannot get paid. It can still go on for a long time. And I've been through all that pain. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I know how to structure things for the minimal, minimal amount of risk. So I, I just don't need to deviate from England. But we raise the money around the world because mm -hmm. ultimately it doesn't matter where the money comes from. Sure. And um, our international investors, like the UK, because it's got a very clear regulatory structure, sure. it's got a very uh, precedented legal system. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's safe. safe what is secure. the borrowing rate in general? So, <laughs> I mean, there's no rocket science yeah. to what we do. We typically pay our investors anywhere between 10 and 12% per annum, mm -hmm. de depending on what they're, what they're yeah. investing in. You know, is it for one year, is it for two mm -hmm. years? You know, but typically that kind of level. And we lend to our, our borrowers at 18 to 21, 22%. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we, have a, we, have a, we have a spread in the middle, but for that spread, we do everything. You know, mm -hmm. we, we find the deals. We, you know, we underwrite the deals, we originate them, we we package them, we deal with the lawyers, we pay them out, mm -hmm. and then and then we monitor them because again, it's not just as simple as putting the money out the door. It's very easy to lend money. Ooh. It's a little more difficult to collect it. Yes. And um, any issues happen? Issues happen all the time. And how do you manage that? So, and again, you know, a, a lot of times we'll talk to an investor and they say, "Well, you're paying me twelve percent, but I can go and make a direct loan myself, and True. I can go and get the eighteen percent." Mm -hmm. Go try it. Try go, go, go try it. You know, because like you say, so many, so many things go wrong, and and, and we have we've got hundreds of loans out there yeah. all the time. So for every one that's not paying, twenty are paying. You mm -hmm. know, if you've gone and made just one single loan and he doesn't pay, then you've got a, you've got a big hole in your cash sure. flow. Um, but when you say you know, what goes wrong, you know, pe people people can't pay, people don't want to pay. Mm -hmm. You know, people. You know, people's attitude when they're trying to borrow money is always very different exactly. to how they're paying it. And I, I tell you, and, you know, it's funny because it sounds very uh, callous or thoughtless to say it, but until you've been a lender, you, you, you'll never appreciate it. But I've never known anyone who owes us money that they can't pay who hasn't had a death in the family. Who? I mean, uh, every, every, single, somebody, uh, every single time we're chasing money. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, my, my, ex, my, ex yeah, my, my dad's yeah. just died, my, you know, or oh, I've got mental health. The excuse health that goes yeah, there. You know, and, oh, it's COVID. I mean, I mean, I mean honestly, the, the excuses are incredible. Sorry to hear that, but where's the money? Yeah, and you just, you just, mm. have, to, you just have to harden yourself to it. And listen, and we're not, I mean, there's different kinds of lenders. Look, we're not a predatory lender. We don't want the deal to go wrong. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of the, you know, some lenders out there, they want the deal to go mm -hmm. wrong because they want to, penalize you they want to take the property off you that isn't us mm -hmm. but we do need our money back and i mean i remember i recently got a, a message on linkedin from mm -hmm. a, from a borrower she's obviously tracked me yeah. down this borrower and we you know we lent them money 
and they've been a nightmare from day one. I mean, literally, they barely ever made a payment. Wow. So many stories, so much bullshit. Mm -hmm. And this loan's like should have been repaid a year ago, mm -hmm. and we're now, you know, we've only made about three payments in 24 months. So my office, you know, enough was enough. They, mm -hmm. they they're kicking it legal, and I got this long email from her, basically saying, I, I want I want you to give us I want you to write the loan off because you know we've suffered in COVID. Uh, you know, my, my my husband's very ill. And if uh, and if you call this loan in, we're going to lose our house. Uh, so I'd like you to write the loan off. I'm summarising the thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and I wrote back to a very polite and say, listen, I'm not trying to be horrible to you yeah. here, but first of all, don't talk to me about COVID because you borrowed the money after COVID. <laughs> after COVID. And secondly, as much as I don't want you to lose your house, if I let you keep your, if I let you write the money mm -hmm. off, then I'm going to lose my house. True. You know, and, and, and it's, it's it's you know it's it's not fun it's not nice but you know we borrow money we have an obligation to our investors we lend it to you and you, i love you, the idea just write it off but do you lend to individuals or companies no. only companies no so well technically we technically we can lend to an individual but we only lend for business purposes mm -hmm. uh, and again that's i mean there's two reasons for that one yeah. from a regulation perspective in the uk uh we're only regulated to be or to be able to do business loans mm -hmm. but secondly i don't I don't really like the principle of lending to an individual because when you lend to a business, you're lending for a positive reason with a business that's got lots of different ways to pay you back and some security if it goes mm -hmm. wrong. When you're lending to an individual, the only way they can pay you back is from their salary that True. they're getting. And if they then don't get paid that salary, then 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 there you've got a problem. And then it's a completely different game. You know, that, and um, I'm not saying it's a bad model. Mm. It's just it's just not my True. model. A question: mm. What kind of advice would you give to borrowers? Who want to borrow money? What kind of advice? Like, you see the mistakes that borrowers do. What can be your advice? That you need to understand that borrowing money is is a job in itself. Um, and you know, yes, well, you can either hire the hire the services of a professional, mm -hmm. you know, some a kind of a finance broker to work with you and help you package your business up and go go to lenders. But like any professionals, there's good ones and there's bad ones, and most of those brokers out there won't help you in any way other than costing you a commission, you know, True. because they don't actually do any work. But my advice to anyone really is to do it yourself, to go and learn who, who are the lenders in the market? What are they looking for? How can you package your business up and take it to them and present it in, in, in the best possible mm -hmm. light? And whilst I'm not saying you only get one bite of the cherry, you know, yes, you could give some crap information to a bot, to a lender and they might then ask you some more questions so mm -hmm. that you can get them better information. But if you arrive at that lender saying, you know, hey, Mr. <laughs> hey, Mr. X, mm -hmm. I know you like to lend to, you know, to, to microphone businesses. Yeah. And I know you only lend with property involved. That's why I've brought you my business. This is my microphone business. This is my property. Mm -hmm. This is my accounts for the last three years. This is my bank statement. Mm -hmm. This is my projections. This is why I want the money. This is how I'm going to pay okay. it back to you. And this is what you can do to me in case. If, 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 if it mm -hmm. goes wrong you know basically do do that lender's job for them mm -hmm. and you know like i'm a big believer in having as wide a pipeline as possible you know as, sure. as wide wider net so you know when you go to to one lender you know unless it's unless it's that perfect opportunity for that perfect lender you know you're gonna you're gonna be very disappointed mm -hmm. so you, you know you need to go and find as many lenders as possible you know as many opportunities as possible so that's number one and yeah. number two uh, never underestimate the importance of your personal credit as well and this is something you know people always hate to hear because mm -hmm. they say, "Well, this is a loan for my business. Why does my personal credit matter?" Mm -hmm. And the real reason it matters is because small businesses, a business owner and the business, are normally one and the same. You know, they're True. normally very, mm -hmm. very intertwined. So how you behave as an individual Reflect on. reflects on probably on how yeah. the, on how the business is. So if you if your personal credit shows that your credit cards are yeah. always up to the max, that you're bouncing payments mm -hmm. and things, and people often go. Uh, you know, oh yeah, but I've never, I've never, I don't owe anyone any money. Okay, you might not owe, but you always miss the payment on the second. And they go, mm -hmm. yeah, but I make it up on the third every time. I yeah. make it on the third. Okay, you do, but it just shows you're disorganized, mm. and that you know, and and at best you're disorganized. At worst, that's the beginning of a problem. Mm -hmm. So get your house in order. Person, I love that. It's a very nice one because usually the personal, I would say, personal behavior reflects on the business as well. So Matt. What brings you to Dubai? So if the business is all in UK, what brings you to Dubai? 
Well, I came to Dubai just for a holiday. Um, mm. And the fact I'm here is a complete accident. You know, I, I came for an eight day holiday during COVID. Uh, and like many, you know, like many COVID refugees, uh, mm. you know, I, I, I never went back. And, um, you know, it's funny because whilst it was an accident that I came here, and I'd never even been to Dubai before. Staying here now in hindsight has been a fantastic business mm. move, you know, business opportunity. Like I said, in the beginning, it was nothing more than well, England's on lockdown. Yeah. So what's the point of me going mm. back? I mean, I did, I did plan on going back yeah. to England. You know, I'd done eight days and I did another week and another mm -hmm. week. And I thought there's going to become a point when I do go back to England. But England was on lockdown for so long that mm. I became three months in, four months in. And I got so used to, I guess, not being in England, it was easier to stay on here. But now, I guess now I am here, the benefits of being in Dubai I mean, I always say that I feel like I do mm -hmm. Dubai's PR for it, but you know, yeah. the, the the business climate here is just unbelievable. Mm, in terms, know? and and okay, yes, the, in your in your type of business, actually. Well, it's, it's certainly in my type of business mm -hmm. because you know it's a great climate to raise money in. You know, it's it's uh, it's a lot less regulated than the mm -hmm. UK, uh, and both financial advisors and and individual high net worth and investors have a much greater appetite to want to invest or want to do business than mm -hmm. they do in the UK. But I think just people in general, it doesn't really matter what business you're in here. There's just a fantastic open attitude for for growth, for entrepreneurship, for for helping each other, mm, for true. you know, for, for for meeting other people. True. You know, look, it's clean, it's safe, but it's just. And one thing I, I I like as well here is what what I hate in England mm -hmm. is whenever anyone's got a little bit of money, they just behave like such a total dick. Uh huh. Um, and but because there's so much money in Dubai, exactly. I, I think it's like a real leveler mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter how much money you've got here. True, everybody's got, oh, yeah. everybody's got more <laughs> than you. You know, you, you think you've got a hundred mil mm -hmm. means fuck all, right? <laughs> and you know, you Correct. think you've got a two hundred meter boat. Yeah. Look at that two fifty. Uh, yeah. And 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 I'm not saying there aren't any dicks, but mm -hmm. I mean I'm really yet to find them. Mm -hmm. Whereas in in England, you know, when people have got a bit of money, they've got a bit they of success. Too, yeah. They're very conceited. They're very arrogant. Mm -hmm. um, but no, you, I think you just get such a friendly. Helpful. You you told me before we start shooting that you stay in Dubai more than you stay in England. Yeah, I mean, I left England three or four years ago yeah. uh, properly. You know, I, I gave up my my residency there. Mm -hmm. My residency is here. This is mm -hmm. my, my my tax base. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, listen, I, my business will always be in England. Yeah, I, I've spent so long learning the learning the market. The, the, the market, the infrastructure, the players that I don't want to go and do, you know, I've got 25 years True. history. I don't want to go and do that again somewhere else. True. Um, but, and, and I think, you know, for all my criticisms of England, I also do think it's a great climate to do business in. But yeah, if it wasn't for my daughter, I've got a 17-year-old yeah. daughter there. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't even go back True. for the 60 days that, you know, that, that, yeah. that I go back for. So at the minute I split my time between Dubai and Spain, mainly mm -hmm. with a little England. And people would say, well, you know, what if you get bored of Dubai? If I get bored, I'll go somewhere, somewhere else. else. You know, yeah. I mean, True. Yeah, I think you know, people, people completely overcomplicate the concept mm -hmm. of moving you know i came here with four suitcases true. and I'll, I'll leave with six <laughs> suitcases you know it's, <laughs> it's not very difficult true. we talked about it being an entrepreneur right mm. do you think from your perspective anyone can be an entrepreneur or not or it's a dna or, or, or... so you know well there's probably two two avenues uh, we could take this question down i mean i i, I think i think most things in life can be learned mm -hmm. it's just to what degree they can be learned you know can you learn to play football? Can mm -hmm. you learn to play basketball? Absolutely, you mm -hmm. can. Can you be David Beckham? Can you be mm -hmm. Michael Jordan? Prob pro probably not. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's got to be some some natural born talent which is finessed. And I think that's the same same mm -hmm. with being uh, being an entrepreneur. But I think what's probably a more interesting way to take this question is to actually look at the word entrepreneur itself. And I, I I have I have a document that I sit down with all my every time I take a new new member of staff on. Mm -hmm. I have a 15 20 page document which is all my all my values for the organization Boarding people yeah, yeah mm. like, like an onboarding document mm. that, that that says you know we are bum 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 and i break it all down and the uh, and one of the first thing well actually the first thing mm. in the document always says is we're here to make money mm -hmm. uh which i think is a very important thing but particularly in today's woke world you mm -hmm. know um so many other bullshit things are put are, are, are put in there i think ultimately we're running a business mm -hmm. if we don't make money it's done it's done mm -hmm. now that's not to say we're going to make money at the expense of everything yeah. uh, but we have to make money <laughs> so True. please do remember that but then uh, second or third i go on to say we are entrepreneurial and because i think the quality of being an entrepreneur is something that can be applied to anybody mm -hmm. you know we think of it only as the ceo as a founder of the person building that business 
but I say that everybody in their in their own little box, sure. you know, can behave in an entrepreneurial f- fashion. You know, so, someone someone who takes risks, some, so, someone someone who wants to create something. Mm-hmm. You know, so so and I tell all my staff, I want you to think in that way. Whether you're the receptionist, whether you're the marketing manager, you know, the finance director, whatever. You know, we can all behave in an mm-hmm. entrepreneurial manner. Does that mean you can all run off and start your own businesses? Absolutely no. not. But you can all you can all behave in a way that A, makes my business better, and B, grows you as an individual. Sure. What are the skills, do you think, that I would say, like youngsters or teenagers who wants to be entrepreneurs need to develop in themselves in order to be a real entrepreneur? Well, I think nowadays, you know, the, the, the real thing people are lacking is work ethic and mm-hmm. uh, work ethic and resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the first thing you've got to understand, well, I, I always say to anyone starting a business, first, you've got to accept that you're probably going to fail. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you've got to, got to understand that you know nothing um and i think what what i always find irritating or funny in business is that when somebody because the barrier to entry is very low you know i can wake up today and if i decide to start a business selling you know gold cheaters Mm -hmm. or whatever you know i i it's a tiger tiger my (laughs) gold tiger i i I can start a company Mm -hmm. and say that i'm a a gold tiger gold Mm -hmm. tiger business owner um but what does that mean? I mean, what, what, all the other gold tiger business owners who've been doing it for 20 years more than me, mm-hmm. you know, but, but because there's no, there's no scoreboard, because there's no playing field. And if, listen, if it was football, sure. if, I, if I said, oh, I'm going go, uh, to start playing football tomorrow, nobody would ever think, and I certainly wouldn't think as an individual, that in the next few weeks, I'm going to go and be able to play a game against Manchester mm-hmm. United or something, because I know there's a very clear set of levels and experience and, you know, sure. and learning I've got to do. But in business, because anyone can set up in business, mm-hmm. you know, people who've been doing business for two days think that they have the same qualifications as Richard Branson and Elon mm-hmm. Musk. And you know, mm-hmm. so, so I think you know the you've got to understand that you know nothing. You you know you've got to do as much learning, uh, take on as many mentors as as you possibly can. But you, know, you have mentors now. Yeah, I do. I you know d- different. I, th- yeah. I think the, the key thing as well about mentors is to understand that some that different people. Can mentor you about different things, yeah. and not, and you've got to be open-minded. So, for example, there's a, there's a person I know who's um, who's got a particular skill set mm-hmm. in something, terrible with money, ama- but, yeah. amazing with many other mm-hmm. things. And some people go, well, why do I want him coaching me? Mm-hmm. Because he's never got any money. Well, you're not going to, you know, don't go to him for money no management. Money. You know, relationship, for example, go, yeah. go to him, yeah, for mm-hmm. whether relationship mm-hmm. or mindset Sports or, 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 or whatever. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So. I've got lots of different, you know, whether you want to call them, I think the word mentors interchangeable mm-hmm. with, with advisor, with True. expert, with, mm-hmm. with whatever. You know, I've got many people that I would consider my mentors because they have far superior knowledge mm-hmm. to me in each particular thing, whether that might be an SEO expert, whether that might be, a, you know, a podcast expert or True. whatever it is, you know. And, and I, I think, you know, the key is to have the humility mm-hmm. to know that there's all these other people that know so much more about it than you, but, but my skill is that I guess I might not be great at anything, but I'm very good at lots of things, sure. and I can mm-hmm. I can I can I can pull mm-hmm. it pull it all together. What was your biggest biggest challenge that you remember that it's the bankruptcy or you passed it? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, I mean, it probably felt it probably felt like the bankruptcy at mm-hmm. the time. I mean, I mean, every 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 day I've got a got some kind of challenge. Yeah, because you know how you put bankruptcy on the table, it means like you absorbed it very well. You passed it very well, and is this the biggest challenge? Or I mean, I think I think you know, no matter how long ago in business, you know, one of my biggest challenges is always making sure that there's that there's enough money money coming in. You know, mm-hmm. whether that's you know we've got we've got to sell more, mm-hmm. or, or, or whether that's that you know we've we've got to raise raise more investment. You know, there's there's always key time. You know, when COVID was obviously a challenging mm-hmm. time. I mean, we we woke up in COVID. Uh, and every single borrower stopped mm-hmm. paying. I mean, every, yeah. every mm-hmm. single borrower stopped paying. Now, again, you know, I could flap around and get my, you know, get mm-hmm. my knickers in a twist uh, and say the world's over, the business is over. Uh, but you know, the, the reality was they can't. The world can't stop forever. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so, something's going to have to happen. So I try and, listen, I try and take a positive attitude, you know, a realistic mm-hmm. mindset, to, mindset to everything, everything we do. Uh, you know, the last year has has been a bit of a tough year because. You know, with with the with the onset of of an expected recession, or some would say we are with a recession. Um, you know, a lot of our investors may have had their own cash flow problems. Mm-hmm. You know, so that so they've wanted some money back. So you know, we we we're trying to 
give give them their money back whilst raising new money whilst 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 continuing sure. to lend money so look, there's there's always there's always challenges um but i think you know, the, the the key is to to not get too caught up in any one of them mm. you know not let the uh, not let the tail wag the dog and we just we just have to have a sure. plan have to have a plan we have to have the have the right mindset and also i guess my job as a leader is to always always be positive about it myself now, that doesn't mean i should be jumping up and down mm-hmm. going, yeah we, 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 everything's going to be cool but um you know i i need to look like i'm in control um and i need to look like you know there's, there's nothing mm-hmm. to be nothing there's nothing to fear how to how do you balance your day like as leading your business you are more inclined or strategic to get more investors or the borrowers how this business model works it's always it's always a balance yeah. and you know i was talking about this with one of my business partners recently over the last few days because i've been having some fantastic meetings in dubai lately you know um some lunches some dinners mm-hmm. you're going out seeing people who are going to be great for the business but every time i'm spending a few hours in a meeting it's a few hours i'm not doing some admin i'm not writing a document i'm, sure. not, I'm not doing whatever so it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a balance it's hard 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 to strike that balance but the real answer the real answer is it's probably always impossible to balance mm-hmm. i just have to do what i'm best at and there'll be some of those other jobs that probably someone else is better at. Mm-hmm. i just haven't i just haven't found them yet but you know like i i guess i i'm better at sitting down with an investor i'm mm-hmm. better at having that meeting and getting some you know getting some cash out of them there'll be someone else who's better at writing a business plan better True. at replying to the emails better you know but, but better mm-hmm. at doing whatever it is so you know re- recruitment is always something that's very high on mm-hmm. my on my priorities of things mm-hmm. to do also something that's very difficult to you know to, to kind of recruit and retain the right people your team is on grounds or they're all remote um 90 but 90 percent on the ground oh, no. i i hate i hate hate remote yeah. working absolutely mm. hate it the same actually uh, mm. i just think you know it's it's hard it's impossible to have the control it's hard to relationship build, build, build yeah, camaraderie and team and, and look yeah there's always you can always make an, not an excuse but you can always make exceptions and some people and some roles mm-hmm. will be will be fine at home uh but you know some roles absolutely should never be at home and other ones mm-hmm. you know pro- pro- probably probably perform better true, in the office true. so I, i'm i'm not a i'm not a fan of home working at all and, and uh, now it's been hard it's been a debate that i've had with you know with my senior management over the last year or so because they keep telling me you know unless we allow more home working unless we allow more hybrid we're, we're not going to be able to recruit the people we mm-hmm. want to recruit and but i think I think it's a short-term problem. You know, yes, you're right. We are struggling to get the people, but if we start to allow them to work from home, we're going to have to allow everybody else to work exactly. from home. Exactly. And mm-hmm. it's something that we can never unwind. And I do believe that over the next months and year plus, when the massive layoffs come, because they are coming, mm-hmm. absolutely, at that point, the power will come back to the employer and not the employee. True. You know, True. and if you look at, you know, over the last two or three years, you've had to offer the perks and the money mm-hmm. you've had to offer employees has been insane True. that is not going to go on forever True. do you have any habits or rituals that you do every day that you contribute to what you're in today i have things that i like to do i mean mm-hmm. I, I, you know i won't i won't say they're the reason i'm mm-hmm. successful mm-hmm. there's just things i like to do uh I go to the gym mm-hmm. absolutely M- massive about mm-hmm. the gym you know i play paddle i do weights mm-hmm. i do uh, you know, uh i do boxing yeah. love saunas mm-hmm. lo- love ice baths mm-hmm. um I don't do them in a kind of a, uh, what's the word, um, um, superstitious yeah. ritual mm-hmm. kind of way. I just know that if I work out, I feel better. Mm-hmm. If I go in the sauna, I feel yeah. better. If I go in the ice bath, mm-hmm. I feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but 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 I guess ultimately, you know, success comes True. from doing from doing the work, True. not from uh, not from mm-hmm. freezing your ass off at two degrees. True. Tell me, um, if we talk about your success, mm. what will you contribute to your success? What skills or the mindset that you have? Um, I think always, always wanting to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, 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 I'm. I probably wasn't so much when I was younger. I mean, mm-hmm. I was, I probably was an accidental learner back then. But in my older years, you know, I'm, a, I'm a very kind of aggressive, mm-hmm. aggressive learner. Or hands-on learner. But yeah, very mm-hmm. hands-on. You know, I, I, I want to know as much as I can about every, every different thing. Uh, you know, there's, there's not one single area of my business where. I'm not saying I can do the job better than the people mm-hmm. in those positions, but there's not one single area where I don't know enough about that area to be able to have an intelligent conversation mm-hmm. and to know that I'm not not uh, not getting the wool pulled mm-hmm. over my eyes. I think you know my 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 work ethic is excellent. Um, you know, I, but one big thing is is the, is the networking. My, yeah. my 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 network is fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, and it's something that I've spent my entire yeah. career yeah. Building, building, and I will continue to do for the re- for the rest of my True. life. You know, it, it's. 
every if I look at every single de big deal I've done, if I look at every piece of major success I've had, it's all come from a transaction with an individual that I've built from a from a um, circumstance. Mm -hmm. of, uh, if we if we stop at this mm. networking, mm. give people advice. How can they network? Because sometimes people take it wrong. <laughs> Once you network, you ask. <laughs> So how do you build? Well, so, so two two things. I think even even before the asking bit, mm. uh, you know, for me the big mistake people make with networking is not being focused. Mm. People hate networking because they're just used to walking into a convention center with a pocket full of business cards. cards go, oh hey, you know, yeah. I'm I'm Matt. You know, mm -hmm. do you want a computer system? Mm -hmm. Do you want a you know a security guard or whatever you're selling? All of my networking is very targeted, very focused. Mm. You know. I, I know exactly what I want to achieve, mm -hmm. and then I go and find the people who can help me achieve that. I find a way to get in front of them, and then I start building a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, for, for me, the building the relationship is about giving, not mm -hmm. not not receiving. Now, listen, that's let's not be naive here. That's yeah. not that's not to say uh, that you know, if, if you're trying to build a relationship with someone to buy something from your company, of course you're going to have to ask True. at some point. But you've got to you've got to understand how to play the long game. Mm -hmm. How to, how to add value and, and build and build that relationship and other you know other quick things for me are you know you should you should always keep keep building that relationship no matter how impossible something looks mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know what i'm yeah. only on a very small mm -hmm. scale but this i was going to record a video about this today but yeah. you, you get it as an ex exclusive <laughs> here today so i do the on my boat i do a dinner mm -hmm. a networking dinner every mm -hmm. thursday night uh, and i've always used the same i've always used the same catering Okay. I'm not saying they're the best. Mm. I'm not saying they're the cheapest, but I'm happy with them. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm loyal to them. Somebody I know rang me about six weeks ago and said, I now work for a catering company. Please can we do your Thursday night? And I said I said no. Mm -hmm. I said, Nothing wrong with what you yeah. do, but I've got no issue with these guys and you wouldn't like it if I kicked you out sure, for them. Sure. So I said, But keep in touch with me. Mm -hmm. You never know what's around the corner. Ethics as well. <laughs> Please. Mm -hmm. This Monday, just gone, I text the catering company, I said, uh, dinner for 12 people on Thursday, please. He messaged me back this morning. He said, sorry, we're full. G give us more notice next time. I said, I always tell you on a Monday for a Thursday. Mm -hmm. he said, yeah, but we've got a lot on this week. I said, listen, somebody else has been pitching me. I said, I'm staying with you because I want to mm -hmm. stay with you. But if you say no, you're going to let them get their foot in the door. And it's a very dangerous, very dangerous True. position to be in. He goes, I know what you're saying. Let me go and speak to my boss. And he comes back, he says, I'm sorry, I can't. So we then went to this mm -hmm. other person, and they've now done the dinner. And I'm not saying I'm not going to not because I'm like hate this guy for cancelling on me. But if this dinner is good on Thursday, You're then done. it's then it's very likely that I'm going to keep using sure. using that person. And I just thought it was a it, for me it was the perfect example of of, of two things, two completely different mm -hmm. areas really. But one, all, always play the long game. Mm -hmm. You know, if if, you, if you're selling something to somebody who's who's in contract. You have to play the long game anyway, and even if someone's not in contract, if they say they're happy with somebody, things always you know, some, some, something always goes True. wrong. You know, I'm happy with my mm -hmm. caterer. They haven't served me a bad chicken. Mm -hmm. They're just they're just busy. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you know, so if you don't keep that, keep, don't keep be short sighted. You know, yeah, so pl play the long game. And then, secondly, from the, from the from the business owner's perspective, do everything possible to keep that customer happy because mm -hmm. because there will be hungry people out there doing anything possible to get get through the door and when you open that door with a little I crack, love this example someone's mm -hmm. put a big foot through true 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 do you have a hidden talent or skill that nobody knows nobody um, knows and he didn't do a video on it and he didn't do a podcast not not hidden <laughs> i don't know i don't think i've got any hidden, <laughs> hidden talents i think yeah. you know my my, my unhidden talent yeah. is you know I'm, I'm just very good at building relationships mm -hmm. you keep building and you Always. stay in dubai you keep building building absolutely but with an objective with a goal well, two. So look, my 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 goal is the growth of my businesses yeah. and the betterment of myself. But when I build the relationships with people, I do build them, most of them with no specific agenda. Mm -hmm. You know, I just want to build relationships with great people mm -hmm. because you know, it will something good must happen, whether that's business or whether that's just hanging out with great people that teach me something that then introduce me to somebody else to somebody else. You True. know, it just it can never hurt to be surrounded mm -hmm. by great people. I love that. Let's say like somebody wants to get in touch with you now, either a, an investor or a borrower. How they 
Get in touch. Listen, I'm very active on social. I'm mm. all over the internet. Very easy to find. Mm. I am at the Matt Haycox. That's T H E M A T T H A Y C O X on all things social. Mm. Uh, I've got a website, Matt Haycox. Just Google it. I've got a podcast. I've got a newsletter. You will uh, you'll find me online and, and just Super. get in touch because I I. I communicate with everybody. Mm -hmm. If it's a genuine business inquiry, my team will look after mm -hmm. it. If people send me messages online, ask me questions, ask me advice, I always respond. So, Perfect. yeah, please uh, reach out. Super, super. What will be your last message you want to leave the audience with? My last message to the audience today would be never give up. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I could, I could, have, picked, I could have picked many things, yeah. but I think, you know, look, we've talked about the sure. bankruptcy a few times. And if I'd have listened to other people back in 2008, these were professional people who, you know, should know what they're talking about. They all said to me, your life's over. You'll never work again. Mm -hmm. You'll never have any credibility. You'll never have any respectability again. If I'd have listened to them, I'd be, you know, who sure. knows what I'd be doing, packing boxes in a warehouse now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, le learn skills, believe in yourself, and never give up. Love that. We have a, a ritual here mm -hmm. before we end the episode. You're not going to make me get in the ice bath here. <laughs> <laughs> With the tiger, you know. <laughs> the cheetah. <Yeah. laughs> it's called the Alpha Talks Memoir. The Alpha Talks Memoir has three things that you will write after the show. Mm -hmm. Is what's your experience uh, in the Alpha Talks? The second is uh, a question that you will write to the next guest. Uh, it's a way of connecting Alpha guests together. And the third one is, who do you recommend to be the next alpha guest that sure. will add value to the show? So before ending... So, so what was the question that the last exactly. guest Exactly. Oh, you've not asked me it yet? I'm going to ask oh, you. Oh, yeah. okay. So give me, uh, please, three things that you didn't like in your host safe. In my what? Oh, three, three things three that you didn't things like I didn't, about I didn't yeah, like yeah. about you. Uh, there's nothing... There's not, uh, in, the, in the hour that we've <laughs> known each other, I've been, uh, I've been very impressed with you. With your questioning, your, your delivery, and uh, everything it, else. Matt, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And I'm sure we're going to do another episode soon. And we'll be meeting much more in the future. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. That wraps another inspiring episode of today's show. I hope that this episode has ignited your inner alpha and left you feeling inspired motivated and ready to conquer any challenge that comes your way remember alphas aren't born they're made it isn't about dominating others it's about embracing your authenticity leading with integrity and making a positive impact on the world if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to subscribe to the alpha talks on your favorite podcast platform leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow alphas also connect with us on social media at safer hakim share your thoughts insight and stories of personal and business growth with us. Let's create a movement of alphas supporting one another. The world needs more alphas like you, exactly. Until next time, stay bold, stay driven, and stay alpha.